my friends, Coco Zarita. Dude, I'm excited. This we is, made uh, it, bro. We did it. We did, we've been talking about this one for a couple months now, huh? It's, it's been, yeah, it's been about two, three months. I was, yeah. I was back in Chile. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited on this episode because you live this really rad life that I, I feel like I know you more as a friend than I do like the sponsors that you ride for, the specific things you do. But on a friend level and what I've seen you do, it's like so kind and genuine. And I don't know if I've had a guest quite like you on the podcast. And I'm really <laughs> excited for Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. It's yeah. all about enjoying life and life goes, it, it passes way too fast to not enjoy it. So yeah. So I'm like, the older I get, the more I am in a rush oh, to really? make moves and to make things happen. Because, yeah, you start realizing that it's really moving fast. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's, I was saying something about that. Of the only, like, one of the regrets, if I had any in life, is just if I knew something in my gut that I knew it for too long before I did it. And the thing that I learned is the only thing we don't have and can't buy back is time, which is something that a lot of people talk about. But I feel you. And the older I get, I do. Exactly. It becomes more real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. You're more conscious too. As you grow up, as you you're you get more mature, a bunch of things happen. You just things to start clicking in your head and all of a sudden you're like, crap. Yeah. It's time to make moves. Yeah. So. Or injuries so, too. Like now in my age, like I've even had like a surgery on my leg and you like realize the healing process and you really take like you appreciate how an able body is such a blessing yeah totally or or how after you mess up your body you, re you look back and you're like crap this is what everybody was talking about like know, being older and, and in pain <laughs> yeah <laughs> it Dude. happens though you know so whatever well okay so to start it off though uh, the, the way that I typically start this podcast is for a listener who doesn't know who you are and what you do, a quick explanation of how you would explain who you are and what you do, and then we'll take it back to the early days. So real quick, uh, I was born in Chile. When I was 20 years old, I moved to the States just to work as a salesman selling water filters. <laughs> so I started, I, I moved to, to USA, to Texas with 800 bucks work as a salesman, then I, cause I wanted to pursue the dream of becoming a pro athlete on a bike. Uh, six months later, I connected with the BMX world and then I started climbing the ladder, training, 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 moved to California after I worked on the filters and then moved to Woodward West, which yeah. is uh, outside of LA, uh, biggest training camp in the world for BMX skate. Like that's where it's Checkler, like Tony mecca. Hawk and yeah. Hoffman and all these guys kind of like learned. So I was like, I need to be there. So I moved there and then I started training, training my ass off. I didn't, dude, I didn't, I didn't even know about Hollywood. Like seriously, I didn't care about Hollywood. You moved all the way out west. So I, I just it, Woodward. All I you knew was Woodward. From from Texas straight to Hermosa Beach, where my boss used to live. Uh -huh. We used to do BMX shows, and then from then I moved right up to the mountains where Woodward Camp is. And dude, I skipped everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't care. Yeah, I just simply didn't care about like 
this the freeways here, that beach over there, the Malibu and Santa Monica and Venice and the cool restaurant and the cool cars and the cool people. Where's the spot and this and that? Yeah. Dude, I just simply just didn't care about any of that. I didn't even know the streets or anything. I just wanted to ride my bike. And that's what I did. It was awesome. It was awesome because there's a lot of distraction here in the city. Definitely. Girls, drugs, parties, events, you name it, everything. everything. It's, the, it's the coolest version of all of the things. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like you got like the best of everything, but also the worst of everything too. So both crazy worlds together. And then I was in a safe place in the mountain in the middle yeah. of nowhere by myself, just yeah. riding and training training, just flying to, to the entire world. Like I was flying to Europe, Korea, Tokyo, Asia, but there's- freaking This is everywhere. so already in so, your story. I'm like, wait, holy crap. So- Born in Chile, you don't come to the States until you're 20 years old? I was 19. Okay. So I left home when I was 18. Did you ride at home? So yeah. You had to have, right? I learned riding when I was uh, 14 years old. That's when I started it. Oh, so that's actually though, that's not even that young. No, 14. So within five years, I was like, this is my thing. I it was just it. it. You Instant, knew, right? You knew. Instant. In three, four, in three years, I wanted to go to the states. Yeah. In four years, I was dying because I really wanted to go. And my mom was like, "Dude, you have to study." It's like that's a question that every kid get when he's they're like 16, 15, 16, 17. What do you want to do when you grow up? Where do you want to study? Yeah. What university? Yeah. You know, like where do you? What state do you want to go to, bro? Right. Exactly. That's like, so much a thing. <laughs> in Chile, the same crap. And I was like, nowhere. You just knew. You're like, like just, no, that's not. You know, I'm I'm gonna look. I said I'm gonna do, look at the list of options that I want that I, that I have. Yeah. And but then I was like, dude, you're supposed to love what you're doing. You're yeah. supposed to like what you're doing. And I was like, for me, the 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 full version of loving or liking something, it was riding my bike. Yeah. So the bar was way up high. Yeah. And then when when I saw the list of of careers, yeah. I was like, dude, there's nothing that really came anywhere close to BMX. So I was like, you know what? Following my guts and my feelings, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should stick to what I really like and at least try it. I told my mom, if I fail, I'll come back in a year or two. Just with 21 years old, I'll come back, 22, 23, whatever. I'll come back, study whatever you want, mom. Wow. I turned around and left. But obviously in my head, I was like, there's no way I will come back. There's right. No way. Right. I'm never not did coming you, back. At that time, like growing up, like did you see, could you see that there were other people that had a career in pro BMX? Or was well, that yeah, like ju- a foreign Just idea? in magazines, okay. videos, yeah. and the internet. That's it. But okay. in Chile, there was couple of guys but they will just be pros for a little while and then kind of like fade away because that's the thing is sometimes i i think that like growing up in the states maybe we don't realize that we have that privilege of just like all the pros all the celebrities not all but like a huge majority are here so as a kid you're like oh i could do this thing and it's all in the states Mm -hmm. where like I, i i that must be wild growing up in a different country like is it is it less common? Are parents more reluctant to say go chase that because there's just less of it? I don't know. It's just different. It's just scary because yeah. it's like you got to leave leave behind your friends, your family, mm. your childhood, your neighborhood, your mom and dad, yeah. pets, uncles, 
friends from all over everything. So it's a full reset. Your currency, your language. So it's a full reset in a way. So and at 19 years old, you committed to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because I was like, dude, fuck, I'm going late. Because the guys <laughs> with 16, yeah, they're killing it. So. I had a lot of pressure on my conscious, my mm. subconscious constantly every day. It was like, dude, I got to train. I got to ride. I got to ride. I need to go. I need to go. I need to go. This, I will see a new video mm-hmm. and the guys will be killing it here in the States or a new competition. Oh my God, this guy learned a new trick. Crap. I'm like 18 and he's 19 and he's right. destroying it. I'm like, well, I still have a year. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. Or this other kid that's two years younger than me. I'm like, crap. I'm like, that's insane. They're killing it. And I'm here in Chile wasting my life. Oh, so, so you felt by the time you left, you're like, I need to get to the States. Exactly. Okay. So, and then you get what, to I'll do Texas. whatever it takes. Yeah. So speaking of whatever care. it takes, I didn't how care. did you end up in Texas selling water filters? That's insane. We had a couple of options that like we thought about going to Canada because we had a place to, to stay there. Yeah. We had a place in Australia. Yeah. And out of nowhere those two places it didn't work out for some reason uh-huh. and out of nowhere a dude came out from texas hey dude i got a hookup in texas uh, that can receive me and a good friend my mm. friend was a little older he was yeah you were 24. saying we so it was you and a friend that were going out yeah so he yeah. was he was 24 and i was 18 at the moment so uh, i was like mom i'm going with this dude this older my friend from childhood yeah and we're gonna be fine together so okay cool yeah sure whatever you know my mom was super open super helpful we just left and then and he he left first got there straight work selling water filters to the house with a little presentation to mexican people in spanish and then two months later i was like dude is it cool how's the two months going for you you making money yeah dude it's sick let's go okay so I, i flew there Right after Christmas, got off the plane and straight into the world. You came out here with like 800 bucks. So I came with 800 bucks, my bike and a, and a bag of clothing, and that's it. And I was like, that's fine. That will make me go by at least for a month or two months. Yeah, or and three that's all months, you needed. You, you know? were just like in. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, I'm going to get here not to do on vacations, to go shopping or mess yeah. around, this and that. I was like, dude, with a mission. If I can make money there and have a job, I'm, I, I, I guarantee I can just ride my bike and stay there for as long as I want. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, that was the mission. I've always thought the worst thing that could ever happen in life is like, bro, you, you're getting a job at McDonald's. Mm. Just off of like <laughs> and the, you like, can the, work at McDonald's selling. and make money. So I was like, I always thought like just whatever I wanted to do, just send it. The worst thing. Oh, you could, I get what you're saying. You, the, literally, you, the worst thing that could happen is you have to go work a job like McDonald's. McDonald's, exactly. So I was like, dude, whatever you do in life is like, if you fail, doesn't matter. You can always go back to the beginning, get a job at McDonald's, and start over. Wow, that's cool. But obviously, you, so you probably, most viewed, likely you want right. But like, you haven't viewed failure as this like devastating thing you're just like okay so the worst thing that happens is you start over exactly i yeah. always said that to me yeah because i had nothing right I had nothing you knew what moment. nothing was you knew what starting over well, was kind of, kind of nothing because i have my bike and connections and people <laughs> yeah, and, but like, and, the, and the 800 bucks that's basically but, nothing but for me the 800 bucks was a shit tons of money yeah and the ticket just buying the ticket for like 700 bucks and yeah. having the 800 bucks in the pocket i was like I'm chilling, bro. Yeah. I could eat noodles for yeah. four, six months, bro. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so your dedication to what care. you were doing, like 
you had already committed. You had jumped off the deep end as soon as you get into the States. It's not here to mess around. It's not here to party. Uh-huh. Like you are going to grow totally. as an athlete yeah, 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 and you yeah, are gonna yeah. go pro. Exactly. Yeah. So then what happened? How did you do that? What's that step-by-step? Are you at the park riding in Texas Yeah, all the I was time? just riding like, a lot. I mean, when we were working, we were with my friend. He was super vicious about working. So we'll work from Monday through Friday and then ride my bike Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes only two days in the weekend, which yeah. killed me because I want to ride every day. Yeah. But my friend wanted to make money. So I was trying to be responsible with him and also keep myself happy it was a little frustrating for sure but yeah and how after, long did that last after three five six months yeah. somewhere like that i started connecting with people the okay. locals we became friends with a lot of people in texas everybody Sick. was super nice and then bicycle company was like dude we're doing a show dude didn't make it can you come i was like hell yeah i'll be there boom <laughs> yeah i show up they love me. They call me again and again and again and again. All of a sudden, I signed the papers, uh, a contract with GT Bicycles. GT? Yeah. That's huge. Crazy, yeah. So it was so super awesome. And then we started touring around the States. Hey, dude, we're going to Alabama. Okay, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. Hey, we're going to freaking Arizona. And then we started touring. All of a sudden, we're going to California. And my boss that used to live in Texas, yeah. the, the manager of the team, yeah. fell in love with Hermosa Beach. Oh. Because here in California is where GT bicycle was. Yeah. And isn't a lot of like action sports, even a little more south, like Carlsbad and like a lot. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So So to be in Hermosa Beach, to be in just just this general area is good for the industry. She liked it. She just liked it. You want to leave at the beach. That's it. You know, and then we were just tagging along. We sleep in his couch between shows instead of going back to Texas, we would just stay here, save money. How big just, was GT uh, at the time? I, as a kid, for GT me, was big. Yeah, paying big salary to uh, to pro athletes and all that, and they had this huge like uh, professional athlete shows. Yeah, doing tours throughout the states. We had like a badass dually, like a F three fifty, brand new, bro. Two of them with trailers with the ramps. Yeah. So we had two teams touring around different places, tackling different shows. And so were you just like, dude, I made it. Like, were you just like, this is it. We're here. This is like next level. Yeah. So I was riding the shows and then in between I'll just go ride Woodward Camp. Right. That's you getting here, skipping Uh Hollywood, saying, I got to go ride. Uh Just for many, many years, I did that and didn't care. I found a little car. Well, in Texas, I bought a Ford Ranchero 68. Okay. Super sick car. Then... When I moved to, then I sold it for fifteen hundred bucks. Then I Damn. bought for five hundred bucks an Acura Legend. So sick, sick. I loved it. You know why? Because it had like the square lights yep. in the front, yep. super boxy, kind of like the R thirty four. Yeah. So I was like, bro, this is actually sick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the water pump was bad, so I fixed it, and I ended up paying like eighteen hundred bucks for a dope car yeah. that I drove for many many years. Oh my! And God. I was going back to the mountain, back and forth on that car. It was awesome. Okay, so this part in your life, how old are you by then? But then I was like 22. Okay, so that's like three, two or three years of being in the States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like that to me 
like I toured with bands. Like I never knew what it was like to tour on like the action sports circuit, but like pro skaters go on tours, they film parts, BMX uh, goes on yeah, tours, yeah. film parts, do shows, all that. I, I'm so curious of this exact era because emotionally and for you, like, could you tell like your dream kind of came true, right? Like that's yeah, yeah, riding totally. for GT, touring, like, well, in, or, a, in a way, like, sort did of. you still have to prove it? Were you good? Like at that point, the were thing, you pro? Like what did that like, look like? Yeah. So we were here in like a middle part of the sport yeah. and above us, you had like the pro athletes yeah. That all they had to do was just to get up, go yep. right, train, yep. and go to the contest okay. and travel and all that. And, so that it wasn't then, that. So for me, doing the shows was great because it was money. Mm -hmm. I was riding my bike, but maybe I was riding too much on the shows, mm. which means riding your bike in times that you not necessarily want to ride you know yeah so i was like you know this could kill the joy of riding the bike yeah the purpose purpose in a, in a way so but i was always super positive i'm christian believe in god a lot you know so that's also one of the things that helped me yeah go through all these like troubles and and kind of taking the positive good faithful path instead of like staying in the streets of Santiago, like yeah. doing stupid stuff, you know, and, yeah. or drugs or drinking and all that. So in a way, uh, also when I was doing shows, I was super thankful. I was like, what? Yeah, I, I don't love it. I hate it. But at, at times, because dude, we have to build the ramps, heavy yeah. ass ramp. And, and all of a sudden the guys will be like, yeah, you got to be in four days in New York and we're in LA. Okay, guys, we got to change the tires on the trailer and truck. We got to take it to like Jiffy Lube and this and that. We got to pick up the ramps, the new ramps, swap the banners and this and that. Yeah. They're getting delivered. So you were grinding. Like that so, was still work. So, yeah. So tomorrow we do all the work. And the day after at 7 a.m., we leave to go to New York. Damn. Three days driving straight. Okay. So, so that era, like, yes, you were around all the stuff you loved. But you weren't pro. It wasn't like you had the cushy, cool. I just get to show no, up and ride. No like, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Got so it. It was, it was. It was pretty rough. It, it was amazing. Like yes. from where I started, it was like mm -hmm. amazing mm -hmm. always, right? But it was definitely a heavy grinding, and then, and then I wasn't content or happy or satisfied yet because I I wanted to leave at Woodward Camp or close mm. by, and I wanted to be dedicated to like get up eat mm -hmm. healthy food mm -hmm. and just go ride my bike for yeah. however long i want yeah any day i want that yeah. i you i remember I used to pray about that i was like god you know what all i want is just be able to get up have build my own schedule mm. eat healthy food be able to afford healthy food yeah and and just go ride my bike because i enjoy it i love it you know so because Damn. we had to do like about 45 shows a year. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so that's, that's interesting. With because, traveling included and all that. So. so that reminds me of touring like the, you almost had, I know that life of like. Touring is rough. Exactly. I've seen, I toured with the guys from the Warp Tour. Wait, okay, that was like me. That was like, I, <laughs> you toured like uh, riding BMX. Because they, they had the half five. They used to do the half five show. Yes. Uh huh. So I did it. And we didn't tour here, but we did the tour in Australia. 
so in Australia they, they did a four cities stop yeah yep. and in between each city we will travel with traveling with all yeah. the bands oh my god that's so Dude, crazy we were freaking in a, in a bus and the guys from the used yeah like two two seats ahead of Dude, us that's Offspring so funny was like in a different bus and 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 that's like totally my world like, like that's how like guys. when you talk about tour i think about like in melancholy or buses but like i did warp tour like that was like my <laughs> yeah dude when i saw that melancholy like is that how you say it's spelled melancholy i mean they're like they're from like the punk like with the used that's so crazy because I know every other band you said, but they so they were a part of it. Mill and so, Colin. It was Mill and Colin. So those guys, and then I was like, because I kind of grew up, they were all in all these BMX videos, yeah. all these bands, yeah, like, BMX and skate videos. So yes. when when I came here, like, well, that was like ten years later. Right. I'm touring with those guys, and I was like, that's pretty sick. But I'm like, that's kind of crappy that we were in a freaking seven hour bus. Yeah, yeah. Sweaty. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Dude. But whatever. We're living the life. We're loving it. Exactly. We show up to a new city. We have food, music, sports, hanging out and just kind of living a lot living the life in a in a in a super positive way. Well okay so that's a that's an interesting time for me to say this because when you pulled up today it was like the perfect all-encompassing moment of exactly why I wanted to talk to you. And I was so excited to hear your story because I wanted to hear what got you to this point. And I don't think it's lost on you at all. And there's still more of your story, but it's so inspiring and cool to me to see the life you're living now. Because you live the dream life of like when I was growing up, like granted, maybe I was a little more skateboarding, although my first AOL handle was GT Dino 5000. Oh, so wow. you I had was, one, yeah. Huh? <laughs> oh, no, I wanted one. I wished I had one. Oh, so I manifested. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I always like the idea of like pro athlete and then cars and then like music oh, around yeah, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, you pull up in your cool ass built GTR. <laughs> like you, you did it. Like you're pro. You ride like like you have incredible sponsors, right? Like we know each other with Red Bull and like you did it at the top level. And I see it and I'm like, that's the dream. But clearly, dude, you risked everything and you did everything. You worked so hard to get there. But it's just so rad to have someone like yourself with the attitude that you have that is living that life. Because I find Thanks, that man. so encouraging. It means a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, a lot of work, a lot of years. So. Right. And I'm, I'm learning it's, that it's now where 20, I'm like, oh. It I've been 21 years over my bike. So <laughs> it's been like... I should have like five five GTRs. <laughs> <laughs> the math still years, isn't bro. lined up. Yeah, I always tell people if you want to make money, you'll probably be a doctor or be a fucking lawyer or something, you know. Yeah. But we're not in we're not in it by the money for no. the money. We're just in it because we love it. Well, and I fashion. feel that now. And so then and then but yeah, I, I can't complain throughout the years, throughout life. I've always have to hustle and find a way to food on my plate yeah and also then and then one thing i learned from god was like every opportunity you have you kind of want to multiply it yeah you know oh, you okay. want to you don't want to be given an opportunity and just kind of like take it use it and then leave it you know you always want to like grab it and mm -hmm. just find ways of multiplying and grow it and expand it because that's when you really uh, take advantage of it you yeah. kind of like use 
what God ha has given you and also you're capable to help anybody around you with That's that. That's so beautiful. I mean, if you don't take advantage of that, then you might be able to help maybe one people or two. But if you really take advantage and multiply that blessing, you can help as many people as you you want you know so well, dude like that's what's so cool about you to me is like you you're one of those people where like you i meet you i see you and your life is matched with hard work and this wonderful attitude where you treat people right and clearly you work hard and you have this beautiful perspective and i knew a little bit about this but i just wanted to hear more about it right like that's that, awesome. <laughs> it, it's really encouraging to hear. So where in your life then, going back to your story a little bit, mm -hmm. where does it start to look up? Like, do you have a moment, like, I, I guess in the silliest term, do you have a moment where you go pro and you're just like, cool, I made it. We're good. So, or was it not so simple? No, you know, I, I still haven't made it in my head. I'm like, still want to, there's things that I want to accomplish as an athlete but there has never been a point where I'm like, I made it, you know, even when I won the world championship or I got an X Games medal or two, I was like, shit, okay, boom, put it aside, put it on the freaking drawer, okay? Really? You know, because, put it with the silverware. Okay, boom, here. that's <laughs> it. <laughs> let's go, okay, what's next? But like, you bro, know, like, you have to realize how insane that is to hear for me because yeah. I think we all have a bad habit of like, as soon as we accomplish something, it's on to the next, but... I haven't won an X Games medal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's a thing that anyone <laughs> could be like, I'll take a second and realize that like, that's it. We did it. We but that's don't. so nuts to hear, even at that level, to be yeah. like X Games medal, put it in the drawer, we're going again. Like, yeah, fuck, dude. It's, it's in our head so much. You breathe it. You think it. You eat it. You sleep it. You dream it. You you everything so when it comes and it finally happen it, it is al already in you you know yeah the metal becomes part of you way before that so so by the time you get the metal is like okay cool we did it. it's amazing it's a blessing i'm thankful boom what's next what's next what's next and then we are animals of competition yeah. especially us as athletes you know so we're wired like that. So yeah. whatever we do, we kind of take that same approach. And when we have a jump in front of us, you're forced to jump or don't jump at all, you know? Right. So so there's not like a middle, middle ground. A lot of people that works in different industries there or even in relationships, just people just can't really take leap of faith, some, faith sometimes. But us as athletes, we're like, fuck it, send it. Yeah. Straight up. Just wow. Send it, fuck it, you know, just pull the trigger. So you and think it's, that it's like, a lot easier for us to to execute things in life because we you do that so much yeah and out of ten you fail three but the other seven are successful that then you continue to apply that in different areas of of your life so straight up but, like the full send attitude does become easier being an athlete and having to full send in literally what you do exactly yeah it becomes yeah. easier it's still scary as hell like when i'm on my bike i'm like okay i'm ready to go the guy is, is next to me with the espn camera i'll be like <laughs> 10 9 4 3 and i'm like okay fuck it you know this is it send it That's, yeah. i don't care if i break my leg i don't care i just don't care i'm just gonna go full send just out absolutely yeah send, send it you know what are things in like life? Jar Jared Diana, yeah send yeah it. send it dude yeah i can relate very well to that because when you're on the exams rolling like 
uh, about 19 feet from the ground, looking down with the cameras from ESPN, ready to go. That's what you said. Fuck, it's time to send it, bro. That's Dude. it. So, what are things uh, in life that are scary for you? Like, what's a oh, like, a, lo a lot of things. I get the thing is like it's not that we we don't feel fear. Like yeah. I get scared all the time. It's super normal. Yeah. The other day in my house, like my friend picked up a big old like snake yeah yeah, yeah. He was chasing me around the house and i was like with the towel of the of the shower running around i was like Fuck. you yeah. know i shouldn't be scared of that but i don't know for some reason i was just scared yeah we do feel fear but we i think i utilize fear as uh instrument of motivation it's and like a good power thing. yeah in a positive way yeah for the bike yeah you know but i think fear is also helps you grab an impulse that will help you reach the other side. If yeah. you didn't have the fear, then you might not even have the impulse to make it. Right. So I think uh, fear can be very helpful, you know, if it's used in the right way. Like that idea of like, if it scares you, you should probably do it. I guess that applies not to yeah, everything, yeah, but like that. If it scares you, then. do it, yeah. yeah. And also you feel accomplished. There's multiple things that, come along with that that will help you yeah progress in life yeah but uh so your full send mentality has really applied all in all throughout. totally yeah. i mean throughout the years uh you become more calm calm you know like yeah i i did that and i, I seriously like i broke my my leg legs like three times no and way. i'm like actually crap you know like the full send needs to chill a little bit because yeah a lot of the times when i do full send <laughs> on the bike i break something so so i have to be gentle with my body and play smarter and then just do full sense in a different way. Just adjust yourself and this and that. So everybody, I think my best advice will be like, yeah, full sin, but also be smart. You right. Know? That doesn't mean full sin doesn't mean to be blind ignorance. or kill yourself. You can be strategic. You can know totally. what you're full sending and you can uh -huh. know the right way to do it. But totally. that moment where you're at the ramp, that drop in is yeah, still. I mean, it is a full sand, but yeah. I've been calculating that those 30, because the run lasts about 30 seconds. But I'm like, yeah, it's a full sand at the moment. Yeah. But after training for six months yeah. and spending seven days a week in the gym and seven days a week on the bike. Yeah. So it's like extremely calculated. Right, Like right. you're flying 14 foot over the coping of a 12 foot ramp, which means like, dude, you're like 26 feet from the ground and, and you're coming into an edge that's as sharp as a table, you know, like from 14 feet down and you have to like land like freaking one centimeter off of that, you know, and... <sighs> So the memory muscle, the calculation, the speed and everything is super calculated. So now that, that me and you were talking about this, like it's not really like a hardcore, like whatever, let's right, send it. You right. know, it's like me going and sending that like, same run is a lot yeah. different from you. <laughs> exactly. So it's like it's like a super well cal professional calculated yeah. way of sending it, you know. Yeah. But 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 that but, metaphor exists. It's but you real. do. But w when you stand there, yeah, you know you have to give a 20 percent extra. Yeah, that you haven't tapped into. Oh wow! On training, 
Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, like that difference. In training, we're going to 85%, 90, which is a lot for training. But when you're in the RAM, you're aiming for 100, 105, 110, kind of like the heat this week. Yeah, Yeah, you got to aim for 105, 110% when you're in the RAM. Yeah. And that's like an untouched territory. You can't train for that. There's like something different. You know, your head is going to, it's been there in in your thoughts, in your dreams. It's been there. Yeah. It roamed around those territories before, but physically, You've never been there. But I bet you when you hit that, like when you're like, when you are in that run where you're like, I'm about to win a medal, like I bet you that extra percent, you're so locked and you probably feel it, huh? Yeah, you with the adrenaline, testosterone and all, there's a huge hormonal like movement going inside your body. Your yeah. mind's locked into the, lo- in the, into the spot. You don't hear anything. You just don't feel anything. I mean- all you feel is just adrenaline and just yeah. this power. And I'm like, you just don't care about anything else. Anything That's else. So I nuts. just play my music. I was going to ask. Do you I like, use headphones yeah. all the yeah. time. All the time for riding, training, yeah. gym, car, always music. Yeah. Even for the loud car now, I use yeah. headphones. Really? Just to ride with music. Just yeah. so you have it. Uh-huh. I love it. And then riding my bike is the same thing. I got to change the playlist every so often because... Yeah. You get used to the playlist. It doesn't gives you the hype. It doesn't give you the hype anymore. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, okay, let's swap it. Boom, next. What do you listen to? What kind of genres do you find yourself in? Do you bounce around? Do you have I like- go through phases like hip hop and old rock, like heavy rock, like doom, like yeah. desert, blues sometimes, mm-hmm. electronic. I even, through a pandemic, I stole my brother's playlist from, from reggaeton. Oh wow! Trap, trap. Yeah. So you listen. I was to like, a lot. that's cool. Yeah, whatever. It, it's just really cool to do. Uh, kind of break the the system in your head a little bit. But yeah. I really like rock. Yeah. And electronic. That's yeah. those are my favorite genres. That's so sick. That's so cool. So, As you were saying that, it made me think of something that like at a very young age when I was skateboarding, I think I was probably like thirteen, but it was at the skate park, and I was, dude, I spent the whole day at the top of, it was probably like a four foot, maybe five, six foot, but like- Let me guess, trying to drop in. Yeah. But dude, it's like, it's an an analogy in life that I have carried with me forever. I hated those moments, bro. Because that, like your first day that you're gonna drop in, you're gonna fall. It sucks, dude. And you're just sitting at the top of the ramp. And if you don't full send it, you're gonna fall. If you don't stomp down and commit, you're You're gonna gonna fall. uh And that- lesson has carried with me in life forever like you just have to drop like if you're gonna drop in stop full commit Uh and hearing you say all of that is like that on a such a crazier level it's the same yeah yeah. it's really beautiful dude like they used to have a mega ramp yeah which is like the big giant ramp it's like a 70 foot gap yeah to a 30 foot quarter pipe, 20, 28 to be exact. <laughs> Wait, say that again. I got lost in the conversation. I wasn't thinking about that. How long? This is like a 20 foot gap jump. You, you start on a massive hill, you roll in like full speed. Then you get like this massive uh, 70 foot gap. Yeah. Or f- there, there was three. The yeah. 50, the 16, the 70. Yeah. And then jumps to choose from. They're all massive. 50, 60, and, then and 70. A 28 foot quarter pipe 
So what is that like three stories? Uh, more? Yeah, about th- yeah. I want to say about three. It's like a light pole, like oh top God. of a light pole. <laughs> Insane, dude. Seriously, every time my friends wanted to ride that, probably happened like two, three times a year. I liked it because I'm a big ramp rider, but yeah. couldn't say no. I was like, crap, let's go, let's do it, you know. But that was seriously like the worst breakfast in my life. Just eating breakfast in the morning, Thinking getting ready it. that you have to go there. <laughs> Then being there so fast, you're just flooring it for the longest time going down. It's like Bob Bernquist's house, same yeah. thing. Oh, whoa. Longest time, all of a sudden you get lounge. Yeah. Then you land and all of a sudden you got this massive wall that you just have to hold on to, do nothing weird and just let the ramp take you. I remember doing like a 16 foot air. That's the highest I've gone. Yeah. Um, dude, after seeing the photos, the moment was super terrifying, but... After seeing pictures, how it looked, I was like, crap, that's amazing. I was like, dude, this is so sick. I love it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. But yeah, again, it's like uh, you have to constantly scare yourself on the bike in order for you to progress. Yeah. yeah. It sucks, you know? And as you get older, you also start developing more fears and head issues and injuries issues so so that's hu- a real thing the human gets more complicated yeah overall you know like i don't know what it is you know i think the luggage that you start accumulating throughout life yeah luggage and pressure and insecurities and fears anxieties and things to do as well you know like yeah so that's interesting to hear you say that because i think everybody goes through that i think everybody feels that uh-huh. uh i certainly know it you know and it's weird because you can look back to a version of yourself without that and see like the full full you, full yeah, pulse exactly. in, and you're like get back to that uh-huh. but i think like yeah like when you see like when you know what the break feels like you're like uh totally yeah, and it's, yeah for it's us hard. as athletes it's pretty sensitive because our identity is attached to mm-hmm. our sport most of the time you yeah. know many people knows how to detach that yeah. and understand that you are i am coco a dude a nice cool dude yeah. that likes the bike and yeah. likes the cars and traveling and this and that yeah you are not like the bicycle human right yeah like you're not different human bicycle yeah this is who you are and this is what you do yeah so so which is kind of like whether you're with whatever red bull vans whatever sponsor you have yeah or you're not with any of them yeah you're still gonna be you're still you the person you're still you so that's something that well also society and the system works it's kind of toxic that that as soon as a basketball player or a soccer player stop playing, like, okay, let's pull him out of the throne. Yes. Yeah. Now you're a normal human being, bro. Your VIP pass <laughs> expired. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But don't so, you think, to me, from the outside looking in, I think you have a competitive advantage of being the kid that came here with nothing to lose and all you wanted was this dream. Like, I think that you have this tenacity, this this drive that is more than like others where it's not lost on you how how rad this is and i see your work ethic and the way that you do look at this and i think that you really have something there no like you were saying like time totally yeah yeah no i mean i've I pre- I, i've done a lot and and i've see i see the past and i'm like if i could go back i could i could do i, I could adjust this and that and this mm-hmm. and that you know but overall, I, I've been blessed with having the right people around me to ground me 
and also take care of me and to guide me as well. So I'm just blessed that 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 I've done what I've done so far. So I'm just super accomplished, you know, yeah. super accomplished. But at the same time, now it, it's kind of hard to find things that motivate you a lot too. Well, okay, so that was my next question. That's though. sketchy. <laughs> That's well, weird. Yeah. My next question <laughs> was again, like you're kind of this dude that I really look up to because you're like living that dream that I saw so vividly in my head of like extreme sports and cars and like you're just a part of like my favorite parts of yeah. culture. So outside of you know detaching Coco from just okay, cool, you're real nice on a bike. You're also like really deep into cars and as totally. of pretty recently like you've built i mean we met because of race service mm -hmm. through an incredible party at the shop yeah, yeah, and yeah. like that's where i was like oh my god what a kind wonderful human right and <laughs> that friendship really started there but i also saw like you're so authentic to even car culture like it seems like everything you do you really go all in and learn it and do it right like you're out there wrenching on your GTRs. Like you're really like, it seems like you master these things so well. I try, you know, not, not many things. I only, I only try to master the things that I'm really into that I love. I kind of like just copy paste the same passion I had on the bike. Mm. Just copy paste what other thing I like to do kind of equally to the bike. Mm -hmm. And I find it and I just stick to that. In this case, cars. Yeah. For sure, cars. Uh, my dad used to race when he was younger. Oh, cool. When he was young. Then he was building cars, like the touring cars. Yeah. Like the... Like what kind of cars? Like the old uh, Le Mans. Le Mans oh, cars. Le Mans cars, but yeah. No, but not Le Mans, but actually it was in Chile, like a serious car. Wow, like, uh, but like full-on race cars. Yeah, full of race cars. Yes, yeah, full of race yeah. cars. You know, like doing body of fiberglass and stuff like that. Cool. So things like that. And then I was like, eh, I never got to see that, but I heard about that so much. Yeah. And when, so when I grew up, when I was born and I grew up, he was super deep into car, and all his friends were into cars. So we were always around cars, cars, cars. So that kind of got stuck in my head big time. Machines like motorcycles, like like aircraft carriers with the F-16s and F-14s and all these crazy planes. So anything that will have a machine and engineer a purpose, you know, he loved it. And I, I did. Yeah. I did yeah. too. So I got super into that. When I moved to the States, started working with GT, I had the, I bought my first Ranchero in Texas. Yeah. Then I bought the Acura. Yeah. And then like six, seven years later, I started doing really good in contest mm. and I had some cash in my pocket. I was, I had like 10 G's mm. that I want to spend on a car. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just buy a Evo 9. You got an Evo? And I was like, that, that, that's like my dream car right now. Yeah. So I was like, crap, you know, let's go. Let's try to get it. Let's try to get it. So my friend co-signed me because I didn't have any credit. Right, right. And then, but I had the money, no problem. And then he signed me and I bought the Evo. Dude, and I, I can't... <sighs> In Chile, I grew up playing around on a Ford Ranger, rear wheel drive, B6. Yeah. yeah. The splash, the yellow one. Yeah. So I will take it out in the rain. Yeah. I was like 16, 17, 18. I'll take it on the rain on roundabouts mm -hmm. and try to and slide it. it a little, yeah. Yeah. I, I was super into that. Even though drifting wasn't a thing, I just 
what else are you gonna do? Right. You, you kind of figure out the way it drives, a, and yeah. yeah, you're gonna strain a car, go straight as fast as you can on a truck like that, kind of two hundred thousand miles, like yeah, like splash for splash, and like that with with used tires, yeah, and used brakes. And every part that it, that we bought for the truck was used. Yeah. Hey, do you have some used good good used disc brakes? You have some good used brake pads. <laughs> you got tires. Right? We had no money. So yeah. Like, wow. You know? So Dude, I was like, started from the bottom. Going straight on a on that truck. I was like, that's not a good idea. Yeah. I was like, you know what's fun. You, other than going fast, because I mean, yeah, I was racing little Peugeots or Citroens, yeah, and then and then I was like trying to slide it in the corners, and that was super fun. I would get my heart going like crazy, like super, yeah, like I'll yeah. be shaking, you know, like even different from riding, like just like a different adrenaline. Different. Yeah. So I, for some reason, it got hooked on my head big time. So I love driving. I bought the Evo in the states here in in Costa Mesa, and. Beach Boulevard, Mitsubishi. Dude. But the car, after four hours being there, finally got it, got it approved. What color? And bought it as a white Evo 9 with nice. like uh, 40,000 miles. Yeah. Three months later, I crashed it. No. I went down on a cliff, down uh, by Woodward Camp, down on a cliff, racing my friend with the STI. No. <laughs> down on a cliff, bro. Luckily, we didn't roll the car. We just uh, went down straight down the hill, hit a tree. And luckily, we hit the tree kind of going down. So the tree helped us uh, strain, strain it down the car. Oh. So then we went down, down. I was stomping on the brake. The car wouldn't even stop. And then the fire lane saved us. Oh. And then, yeah, the car was full total. Um, did it, like, give you a whole different appreciation of life after that? Like, did that, like, fuck you Not up? my life. No. no. No, I didn't care about that. <laughs> but you know what? I was like... I didn't appreciate the car. Mm. I risked the people because could have been people coming the oncoming traffic, a family with a minivan mm. that I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about my friend that was passenger here. Mm. And then that was one of like those full moments and mm. full mm. send moments. Too much full send like, without too, strategy. No, no, <laughs> and God gave me the opportunity to buy this car because I loved it. I was like, what am I doing? I'm yeah. doing the opposite of what I'm supposed to do, oh, multiplying crazy. this. I, I just yeah. crushed it. Oh, and I yeah, destroy it. Yeah. Destroyed it, you know? Right. I was like, you subtracted. Literally, <laughs> you, 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 you subtracted from the equation. So luckily the coverage came and paid for the car when I bought when and, and I bought an Evo 10. Oh, crazy. I really liked it right there. So zero miles, brand new car. And then that's when my my car career started because i started modifying the car and then bucky lasik i was just gonna ask if you knew bucky lasik <laughs> so very similar careers, cars, right yes skateboarding yes bikes. and he's older so i was like dude he's the man he's yeah. like super professional he won every contest out there and he's super into cars when i met him he had he had like a 997 turbo sick uh, porsche sick. amazingly fast yeah and i was like dude and then Rune Glifer, you know yes. Rune Glifer? Yes. He had a full M3, like an E80, E46. No way. E40, full He's track. a car person too? Yeah, full track car. No like, way. Like full cage, like more than Bucky. Like 
He had the suit, the sleeks, the full cage car, like non streetable at all by any means. And he was pulling it with a ML 550 Mercedes. So I was like, these guys are just in a whole nother level. So like you being like pro rider, like hanging with them and seeing yeah. that, like even then you were like, oh, I got to step it up. Yeah. So I was just starting to the world. And hey, dude, we're doing at, at, that, at that moment when I was trying to finish the shows. Yeah. Vance comes, Jerry Batters from Vance comes and is like, dude, if you want to quit the shows, come to Vance, I'll sponsor you, I'll pay you every trip you have this year. Yeah. I pay you the hotels and food and travel and give you product for Vance. I was like, deal where do i uh, sign yeah but then i left the shows i was like i'm not doing more shows i'm just gonna be focused on competition that's where it changed that's what's the oh the, my the god i was gonna ask that point okay. of changing right uh, it was for me scary because i had a secure job and secure money every month doing shows for gt yeah but then the competition i don't know how it was gonna go like if i get hurt tomorrow like then I can ride. I can make more, more, any more money. Oh, so wow! So that's actually probably a lot of pro athletes feel that. I uh, yeah, it's yeah. sketchy. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, Whoa. you could go to twenty contests and then make no money, right? Because if if you're killing it, then sick. You had a great year. You kill it, kill it. And sadly, like top ten make good money. So at that moment, I was like, okay, let's just go out and see what we can get. Damn. Okay, so you commit to that, yeah? But I, yeah, I was making, getting like 16, 18th place, okay. top 20th, and that was like uh, 500, 800. Okay, so you could contest. pay rent, but so it I wasn't much. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I could, I was chilling at the moment, and then this training place woodwork camp, they yeah. would let me stay there for free. Oh, cool. So I was like, this is perfect, no rent, and yeah. then I can make a little bit of money. Then after a while, I pay, I bought the car. And then I started touring with bands. Yeah. Hey guys, we have a we have a very show in Virginia. We have a very show in in Cuba. Yeah. And so I met all the bands guys: Cavalero, Josoy, Omar Hassan, Bakilasic, <laughs> DMC, Simon Tavron, and all the guys putting a badass show. Like all yeah. the legends from like yeah. Tony Hawk games. What about Jeff Riley? Did you ever meet him? No. Oh yeah, one time. Yeah. yeah. But just like hi and goodbye. That's yeah. it. Yeah. He's a legend though. Yeah. I wore his shoe a long t a lot. Yeah, they were sick. And then we became really good friends with Bucky. Yeah. And then after, like, we were doing the Dew Tours uh -huh. competition. Yeah, Dew Tour, yeah. And then Bucky goes like, dude, I'm going to Salt Lake City. My friends work at the Ford School at Miller, Miller Motorsports Park. Oh, my God. So, and I'm, I'll be filming for MTV for three days. We're doing the school. You want to come with me? I was like, wait, before the contest or after? No, I think we're going to do after. So you can stay in my hotel room. We share rooms. And then we just commute every day just to go there. I was like, what? Amazing. Let's go. So <laughs> yes. I drove my, my Evo from California to Salt Lake City. And then after the due tour, I think at that due tour, I got like sixth or seventh place, something yeah. like that. And then, which I was super happy, made some money. And then yeah. I was filming with Bucky Lasik doing the racing school, like learning how to drive. So oh, I was like, dude, I wow. learned so much. It was like insane yeah. things that I didn't even think about. Like, yeah, like true vehicle dynamics, true total, racing. Like, yeah, yeah, really. Because like he, like he drives, right? He's like, good, yeah. He's didn't super, he ride in WRC for- Yeah, he yeah. competed in Axioms and all that. Yeah. As a rally driver. So he's super good. And then also- the teachers on that school, they were like legit 
racers. And then we got to race, uh, drive the full race car Mustangs and all that. So I was like, dude, that's the best experience of my life. Insane. I just couldn't get enough. So after that, I built my my Evo 10 for time attack. Yeah. And I started doing time attacks. You oh know? my God. Yeah. Like at Willow Springs, Fontana, yeah. Bottom Willow, mm-hmm. and I even did Laguna Seca. And after like two or three years, I totaled the car at Laguna Seca. I went off track, totaled the car. Once again, insurance came, came through. And then I was like, you know, I think it's time to step it up. I had the Evo 10 for like four years, five years almost. Let's buy the GTR. And I bought the GTR, you know, because I already had the sponsors. And I took the Evo 10 twice to see my show. Oh. So I started building like this network on car in the car industry. Yeah, industry, you know? yeah. So then I was like, cool, okay, if I get a GTR, I can bring everybody on board yeah. and mix it with the bike. And it's a huge marketing tool. Right. And, and it's a win-win. It's just going to be very expensive, but it's a win-win situation. I think I, I can, if I'm a smart, I can make a lot. How have so. you balanced that though? Because again, as you're telling this story, I'm so in and I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard. I can't believe you drove with Bucky Lassick. And I'm like, <laughs> all of my like childhood, know, everything, I'm like this is so fucking cool. But I'm also thinking at the same time, none of this was just like, oh yeah, accidentally, by the way, like you genuinely loved cars. You like, did yeah, yeah. you, you yourself found the Evo, you did that. You kind of took these moments and steps to go further and deeper into cars. Constantly, you learned how to yeah. drive, you did the time attack. My question there is, did you ever run into a struggle of trying to be great at two things? Because the amount of training to stay relevant and stay competitive in BMX must be insane. Yeah, yeah. And then racing seasons and the amount of money, resource, time putting in for the builds, like, was that a hard mix or no? Not really, because for me, like going out to compete in time attacks, yeah, it was, it's it's kind of like amateur thing. You know, I never saw it like a full full career like i didn't really have a team i had the guys from the shop helping me out so it was more like if you weren't on a bike tour if you weren't doing something bmx you're like oh cool i have this month or this weekend it was always like yeah 70 percent bmx 30 percent okay 24 percent car yeah even though yeah i was i was getting the sponsors with the tires with the wheels with Mm -hmm. the engine parts and this and that and i was doing time attacks and creating content around it. It was as professional as I could be. I still think uh, I didn't have the right car. Yeah. And I wasn't full full cage or anything like that. So my next step was to move on to a full time attack car. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, dude, do I really want to do laps? Laps and laps and laps and laps. It's fun. It's cool. It's challenging. And when I totaled the Evo, I totally because we didn't change the, the brake fluid. So oh, I ran out of brake. Brakes. And I just flew through a corner. Uh, it wasn't my mistake. Right. So you just go to hit brake at the apex and you're like, or, or, totally. Uh, yeah, sketchy. Turn right. And you're just like, oh, and. So, yeah, so bad. Like the brake disappeared. I pumped it three times straight to the wall, <laughs> destroy the car. Long story short, but. For me, I was like, this is not a career. This yeah. is not a BMX. I want something around. I don't know what it is. And then I found drifting. I started drifting with my Evo in, mm. in the slippery grounds and I loved it. I was like, this is sick. It's like hardcore, you know? But then I got the GTR, same thing, all wheel drive. How do you drift this thing? I unplugged the front wheel drive, 
screw it. Just whatever happens, happens. Just take it out. And it worked. Common so theme in your life. It's screw it. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, totally. No, no joke, dude. Good catch. And all of a sudden I started drifting GTR just for fun. Yeah. And then it was hard for me to go back to build a 240SX while I have a GTR built rear wheel yeah, drive. With so much power. So much power. So you go to the truck, have fun. I know it's not the right way to do it by any means, but I'm like, how the hell do you get motivation to go wrench on a car that's not going to move for a year? Because yeah. it needs so much work to be yeah. done or or go buy a, a three, four, six, seven thousand dollar drift car. I was like, crap. That's not going to be the same. Yeah. My brain is wired different ways. So I need to do, I need to build, I had a 240. Yeah. And it was parked in my garage for four years. (laughs) No engine, no ready to build. Beautiful car, white body and everything. I was like, do I need to do something that triggers my, my brain? Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is the guy that had figured out 70 foot jumps and 16 <laughs> foot airs. He had, when he had a taste of Crap. thousand horsepower yeah, GTRs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it did play against me at the moment when you have to like start from zero and start in a 200 to 300 horsepower uh, drift car. Yeah. With like shitty used tires mm-hmm. and like super simple and not really good looking because you're going to crash it. Yeah. So I was like, dude, this is not appealing. How yeah, am I going to start like that? So I've been trying to avoid that forever. Wow. And then I was, I had the great idea of like, you know, screw that. We just, just build something crazy. I, I, I want to build a car that's going to keep me awake up until 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it's going to wake me up next day at 9 a.m. So I can sleep three hours and build, 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 build the yeah, car. Like- that excitement yeah that excitement yeah so that's why okay screw it i'm just gonna i should just buy it i called the guys from, i should just buy a gtr and i called the guys from uh, you know the guys from salt lake city that wheel uh, uh, cold power they, they do the time attack gtr and they recently built the the diesel engine gtr <laughs> no, i don't know that that's awesome so it's it called the team is called life uh-huh. life motorsports okay and they do they have a lot of money and they build insane cars and they they've been touring around time attacks with a badass gtr damn so you hit them up and you're like, like hey. dude hey i have a serious question to ask i want to put lexan windows on my gtr <laughs> he's like what are you doing why would you even do that bro that's loud as hell it's annoying you can't close the door and this and that don't do it to your gtr why don't you just buy a gtr why don't you just buy or chassis what do you mean? Yeah, we have a chassis here. We had two actually. <laughs> because of COVID, we want to sell one. Why don't you buy one? I was like, oh, dude, that's oh a sensitive God. topic right there. Like, I was like, you know what? Yeah, let me think about it. I'll give you a call back. Then I call this dude at the shop. It's yeah. like, dude, I know you, you in your garage, you have 40 GTRs mm. and you're constantly building engines and 3,000 horsepower, 2,500, 2,000, mm-hmm. 1,500 engine, engines. I got this crazy plan of building a badass, the only GTR in America at the moment that's capable of drifting with an VR38. Right. That only happens in Japan and in California because in New Zealand they have a, a R35 with a VR38 drifting. Mm-hmm. And in England they have the the monster car which is the gtr with a chevy engine 
I think it's oh, a V8. Right, right, right. right. So, so like yeah, for the stock so, motor. Okay, we're 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 not gonna take any corners. We're just gonna build a full on like fifteen hundred horsepower VR thirty eight engine GTR that, with GTR engine. Is that the car that we did at your party at race service yeah it was incomplete like yeah, yeah that it was, was that was the beginning of it the beginning of it yeah so oh, wow so i was like okay let's do that and the shop was like dude that's sick i love the idea something different for us we like you let's do it so the guys like dropped the full engine into the thing i had to buy like pistons rods springs and all that everything else yeah. the owner ronnie yeah did it he's the man and helped me out with the engine helped me with the vision he believed in all that so insane Dude. and then we were working there for six on the car six months we made it to sema we pushed it in sadly <laughs> we pushed it in pushed it out and then we were supposed to continue working and then i flew to chile and so, that's okay well but interesting because my final question or one of my questions that i had is the park is the park in Chile. Mm -hmm. And it's also representative of, I think, more of who you are as a person. Because now here you are, and I could say that you made it. I know that you're continuously going to keep working and you're never going to be satisfied and you're going to continue to put your X Games medals in the drawer with your silverware. But <laughs> you came a long way from the $800 in Texas. Uh-huh. And I think it says a lot that you go back home and put this much time, resource, energy, uh, work into putting a park in your home in your hometown. Time, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work. I know. I know. We've that. been talking for a while, so I'll try to make this short. I mean, I'm in. I'm locked. But, I'm locked. But the the city started a park in '98. Mm -hmm. I grew up right in the park. Yeah. And when I left the country, the park in 2003 so five years later the park kind of got a little run down the mm. city discovered that oh we built these ramps tony hawk visited one time it was a hit everybody loved it but they require maintenance mm. so okay they did it one year they did it two years by the third year like the ramps had holes everywhere mm. and then my dad didn't do very good on his like dealership business because he used to sell cars mm. as i was older cars 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 went bankruptcy and then ended up like doing some production stuff mm. with sports even with bmx mm. so I, I me and my little brother 10 years younger than me my brother mm -hmm. we were both into bmx so my brother my dad was like oh you know what i'm gonna talk to the city i'm gonna tell them to give me the space mm -hmm. and i'll take care of the ramps i'll put a little coffee shop and slowly start building it, building it, building it. So he did that. So from 2006, he built it, built it, built it. And every time I'll go there, we'll have demos, we'll shows, competitions, and this and that. And he will get sponsored, you know, like mm -hmm. everybody knew him. I didn't want to get too attached to that because, I mean, he went bankruptcy on his last business. And I was like building this career so meticulously. Yeah. I didn't want to like, him to come and, and and fail on my industry right so i was afraid and of that so i was like oh i will be part of this but i won't be like the biggest supporter at all you know yeah like you like want him to be able to do it on his own you don't want to be the like, person Shit, why don't you just freaking go do anything else why do you have to <laughs> he's be all excited there? he's all proud dad going Ex too far yeah. he was totally proud of that totally <laughs> yeah. yeah so we were kind of in 
but I was also in the States. So every time I go to Chile, I'll just be there, be there, be there. And then come back to the States, do my year training, competing, competing, all that. In 2013, 12, I, 13, yeah, I win the world championship, you know, and that year my dad passed away. He get a heart attack out of nowhere. Coco, your dad died. I mean, what do you mean? No, he can't be that there right now. Yeah, he just died. Like he got a heart attack. He's just dead. There's nothing to do. Like the ambulance, nothing. You, there's nothing you can do. You're just, it's just dead. Are you serious? He died in like... Yeah, we we kind of find him in the morning dead. I was like, so there's nothing in this. It's just done. I was like, fuck, that's insane. So I flew home. Me and my family were like, so now what do we do with the park? I'm like, fuck, what do we do with the park? I want to do my life in the States and yeah. play with cars and ride bikes and this yeah. and that. And and my brother is like my brother is at the moment is like thirteen years old. My <laughs> mom works in the bank as a banker, and I'm like shit. But then at that moment, kind of like God, I felt like God was telling me like, dude, this is opportunity for you to finish what your dad started, and yeah. also to give back to the community. Yeah, everything that BMX has given you at the moment. Yeah. So this is it. I was like, okay, perfect. That's fine. No more questions. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. Boom, boom. Like mm -hmm. he, he hit me super quick. I figured out right away. Like I heard that and I was like, boom, done deal. Talked to my sponsors, to, to, to all my sponsors. But, and then, the, and I was like, I got this plan. We're going to build a couple of ramps, fix this and that. Come be part of the park. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to be part of the park. They invested money yearly. Mm. The park started making a little bit of money. And four years later, uh, I went back again and I was like, you know, we should do a big opening. There's a uh, X Games ramp for sale, you know? <laughs> an X Games ramp for sale, word on the street. It's like an, uh, an X Games ramp dealer. Insane, like, like, what a, a funny, like, like, like yeah. They came from Brazil. It was old Sandro Diaz ramp. Oh my God. That when Tony Hawk came to Chile, they didn't have a bird ramp to the show. They were going to build one, but they flake on it, right? Uh, so they were like, crap, where do we get a ramp now? Sandro Diaz goes like, dude, guys, I have one. It's like $120,000 if you want it, if you want it. And the guys from the, from the agency, they were like, cool, bring it, send it. We'll pay you. Boom. So they pay the, the ramp. We do the show with Tony Hawk. Everybody's happy. They put the ramp on a garage. The ramp stays there for four years. No one knows what, what even, what to what do to with do, it in yeah. Chile, right? And then after four years, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I should buy it for me so I can practice and so we can put it at the park. No way. So when I bought it, like I got a really good deal in it for me because I love bird, right? It's my thing. Yeah. And then obviously anybody else wouldn't even spend like no money on it, right? Yeah, what do you But for me, it? I was like, okay, maybe I can, with Red Bull and these companies, I can just build a show with Vans, Oakley, you know, Canon cameras. And they will be down to do like, photography schools with canon and bands to bring the legends like cavalero and those guys to do a show here yeah and then red bull will be down to bring some sandro diaz here to do a show so i developed my own bird show the coco no friends way. and i was like okay let's do a coco friends show we do the opening of the park let's do it as nice as possible this this we was this was recent like 2019 18 19. whoa um yeah because i picked up the park in 13 yeah then we fix it, fix it, fix it. And in 18, I was like, it's been five years now. Let's do something big. 
And I was like, you know, I know the guys from Race Service, Donut Media guys, Race Service. Yeah. They built, just, just built an amazing facility, like a build a badass uh, garage, you know. Like, yeah. And I was like, you know, maybe we should get some references of how to build the park similar to that. And so I started talking to people. So we did what we could at the no moment. No way. So like and Jacob then, and James and like OG, Nico, like the the core of beginning of race service was an inspiration for totally. that. Totally. Yeah, no yeah. fucking way. 100%. Yeah, because I was like, it's, it's so visual, so clean, yeah. aesthetics, everything. I love it. So I was like, yeah, let's, let's put some work into that. Let's make it nice. And it worked out super nice. And we did demo with Cavalero came, Dennis McCoy, Simon Tabron. Uh, a couple of skaters. What other skater was it? Sandro Diaz mm. and a few other guys. Mats, this guy from Europe. Long story short, we finished the park. Then a couple of years later, a pandemic hit. Right. And then, and then the park kind of like lost the sponsor, lost all the people. We didn't lose the sponsor. We just, I was like. Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. Yeah. It's just closed. It's in a park similar to Central Park in Santiago oh, okay massive huge park mm -hmm. in front we have a mall mm. and on the other side we have like this business area with brand new buildings so we're in a super elite and nice premium location yeah and the park is a uh, rundown yeah so yeah. and the city was like dude you have to do something with it mm -hmm. like now the pandemics we just uh green light everybody at the oh. park after pandemic we green light everybody all the areas sports recreation events and restaurants and everything inside the park yeah so now come back and fix your park you know so that's why you were so, gone you had to like come fix the park yeah so so i went back thinking like okay fixing it was gonna take me a month and a half two months yeah but then i was like you know what i've had this plan of idea of of, of like tearing down everything and just rebuilding a bigger asphalt, new fans, having lights, LED lights all over the park. Yeah. Uh, build, put in a new container, like yeah. a custom handmade container into a pro shop. Oh with yeah. Like, with like thick glass, bulletproof glass and something like a bad at warproof kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and do everything kind of brand new. And and I was like, this is the moment. I have to do it. Yeah. I have to do it. And the city was like, dude, that's it. We can help you with the lights and with the asphalt and with the fence. You know, it's like, dude, the fence is a lot. It was like three blocks of fencing. Wow. Like this, these small blocks right here, it was like three of them, massive. It was like 15 Gs just to build a fence. Oh my and God. And I was Are like- Are you out there building too? I helped in some stuff, but not yeah. not, not too much, you okay, know, cause okay. I try to, I like that. And also I hate it sometimes, but mm -hmm. I have to kind of like run the team. Yes, yeah. Be like the leader. So yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah. to, be cleaning or welding and doing things right your time well, is better used running exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it took eight months to yeah. rebuild the park it grew 45 percent wow you know and <clears throat> we got new sponsors the park is, has never seen that much money before so it's doing amazing i had to hire people so we got like four teachers five teachers two for skateboarding three for bmx we do classes for free every sunday 
park is fully open, free for everybody. And then we have an administ- two administrators that uh, they work part-time, mm-hmm. just overseeing the park throughout the week. And we got one general manager that helps me with all the logistics while I'm here. So wow, it's like dude. in eight months, like we, we, we kind of, uh, did a lot. It was tiring though. I never thought it was going to take that long. That's like you because, and I have been talking so much on. Yeah. You told me like three months ago, dude, let's do an interview yeah. in a couple of weeks. I was like, like, yeah, I'm yeah. still out here. man. And then I was like, dude, I'm missing so many things out in the States, like summer, yeah. even yeah. woodwork camp, summer camp out there full, like 300 kids per week yeah. that we get to hang out. We get to ride film train or everything. Yeah. It's gone. And and everything is kind of like gone gone for this year but it's fine because i was like it's such a bigger picture. out of 21 yeah exactly 21 years of career let's dedicate eight months to just boost this project yeah and then it's awesome because now i see the parents they show up dude for father's day we had the kids from the parents from the school jumping ahead like <laughs> killing themselves you know like riding the bikes and i was like that's crazy like what we started it because we started shoveling and cutting and tearing things down now the full is the school is fully functioning wow and parents love it yeah dude parents are like dude what vans are those like no oh, way hey coco look at the wheels that i got i'm like dude these guys are like kids no <laughs> like, way parents that that if we didn't have the school they would i don't even know what they will do on sundays yeah with the kids, you know so and isn't that cool amazing. to think like think back to like young you like growing up in chile like you probably are giving more kids a chance to do something that you loved like where you had to take this crazy risk and move to texas and totally. sell water filters like these kids can get real good at a park and now i mean now there's the internet so On you can get discovered but but yeah no, it's really special that's my, my my purpose is like to be able to help and give them a platform that i didn't have yeah so i want them to have the as the, the platform as good as i can possibly build it so they have no excuses yeah i can't believe there's no more athletes coming out of chile so there right. there must be so I was like, okay, that's the goal. And then also I was like, okay, for first time ever, I'm going to build this into a business, yeah, like full business. Yeah. And also I'm going to build it with the same intention as I did the GTR. So, oh, wow. So I was like, okay. So a couple of things like kind of like click. I also hear like a, a really wonderful, I, I was going to say businessman, but I, maybe not even so much money driven. I think your understanding of marketing and strategy is beautiful. Like now, after having doing so many projects, I think you have a really great mind for putting together like, oh, well, you could get sponsors to get interested in this, or you could connect this piece to this, or if I'm interested in this, like that's a really beautiful skill. Yeah, a connector. Yeah, yeah, but but not not the regular way. There's always like another way of connecting things. Yeah. What would you charge kids to go to skateboard? Charge the companies. Right. And and let them go for free. Yeah. You have more people and the companies are going to pay, happily pay more. Right. Just to have more people there. So yeah, that was like kind of like a cool thing to, to get, but I guess any business has a few different A, B, C, D, E sites and you can approach. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's cool. Like your education of life, like you, you have skills that so many people would go to college for and wish to get opportunities to do. And it's all come from you full sending it. Like it's not been <laughs> exactly. traditional education. And, and, and it's and just also, necessity and you learning as you go and putting it together. 
a lot of people think it's like, yeah, we're self-made, but no one really self-made. We were made by circumstances, by people that got put in our way. And we learn from, like, I've learned a lot from, from Jacob at Race Service. He helped yeah. me a lot. Really? Yeah, yeah a lot. A really? Lot. Dude, a lot. He's one of those people that I, I don't think he gets enough credit. I think that mm -hmm. he said something to me so beautiful where he's like, there's a lot of gatekeepers in the world. He's like, I like to think of myself as a gate opener. And I really think he does that. Like, like I think totally, that you have to totally, be a good yeah. person. He's a really yeah. good BS radar. But if you are a good person, he is that person that like really will help and pay it forward. I didn't mm. even know that. That's crazy. Totally. That's, yeah, I'm yeah. not surprised. Yeah. yeah. But I, I know him for a long time and I met him as when he was manager for Twerk. Wow. Like day, you know, yeah. I was like, dude, dude, be a manager for me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but he was not in the sports or, or my area. But but I don't know. For some reason he was so nice and kind. We connected really well. And then and then our path started crossing along yeah. the way. But he always believed in me. I guess with some people you just clicked yes. better yes. than with others. Yeah. You know, but the team at RS, like him, Andy and James and the rest of the crews yeah. have always been like super supportive and I admire what they do. And I think it relates to like what I do with the park, what I do with the events. Yeah, that was so I cool. End, I ended up doing that that my was... own events at the park too. Like I had to do my show with the athletes and bringing athletes from the States to Chile and vice versa and with the cars with the cars not yet oh I mean, with the cars with you guys mm -hmm, the events mm -hmm. but it's like copy that was paste. special though it was cool yeah, I liked it. for yeah. me it was, it was awesome dude it was sick yeah but you all of you guys helped you know so yeah it was just not me it was just you guys basically but it that's, together, I, I didn't know that that was such a rad part of your story or like that jacob was such a part of your story and that inspiration with race service and I don't know. It's it's cool for me. Like really, like moments like this, conversations like this are so exceptional and so cool because these, to me, are the people like Bucky. You know, like mm -hmm. some of the people you've mentioned were like the biggest inspirations as a kid. So to sit down and to learn these stories with you and to hear what you did, it's this beautiful reminder that people are people, and it's just it's as simple as loving your craft and treating people right. Totally. And you're such a beautiful example of that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And then I guess in our industry is is, is is super pure, it feels like, you know, mm -hmm. like like you said, you can tell right away when someone is full of BS or yeah. when someone is successful. And when you get to know that successful person, there's always like a great human behind it most of the time. Yeah. So it's cool, you know, it's cool that in the sports you run into so many people many good a lot of you know so many good people a lot of people ask me is like dude what's up with your language is, is it kind of difficult for you to develop yourself as an athlete out there mm. i'm like no dude like honestly through bmx or through car or through skateboarding is like we're just humans yeah it doesn't really matter yeah. anything where you come from your gender or whatever your color skin color or anything it's just all that matters like we we, we all of us something love together something together exactly yeah, you just articulated that so much better than i ever have because for me growing up building cars going to skate parks i felt that as well where it was like it didn't matter skin color it didn't matter who you were where you came from anything there was never like a barrier. It was just like, oh, we love the same thing. Cool. Let's hang out. Let's talk about it. Totally. Let's, let's go day. skate. Let's yeah. go build this. Let's Whether go. you have or you don't have money is like. It doesn't matter. That nothing really nothing. matters. Nothing. It was only the love. If the love was real for the thing that everyone was doing, 
you everyone ever, was brought together. That will, that will be the bond. Yeah. You know, and, and so. it's just, again, like that full circle moment that you're providing that and in, especially back home, that's now a spot where who knows the people you're going to bring together. There, there could be a whole new generation of pros and totally. people that come out of you keeping that park going. No, you know, that's I, special. And I see that too, you know, like at the park also, we try to give roles to kids. Oh yeah. Oh, this dude comes every day. Now yeah. he's homing with everybody. He's really good at talking. You know what? Grab a, a crew of kids, you guys are going to be painting. You guys want to write all year here? Yeah. You freaking painting now. Here's yes, like brushes. good. You get to paint. The kids will start painting. Do a big mess. Yeah. Big mess. And then they're like, dude, guess what? The cool kid running his mouth doesn't even know how to paint. I'm going to show you how to paint. This is how you paint. And some kids don't even know how to use the broom or right. a paint roller or th or things like that. So yeah. it's kind of cool. Like I'm like, in a way, I'm like, crap, we're teaching them things that they don't won't even learn at home. Yeah. So in a way, I'm, I'm a leader and a role model, but also a teacher. So I'm trying to teach this kid from like the professionals to like the semi-pro amateurs. Yeah. 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 And even the little guys, different things. So I think it's a cool, it's, it's a cool environment. Like I like to spend time there because there's nothing better in life than giving. Denzel Washington said in one of his speeches, like giving is like one of the most selfish things you can do in life because it feels so good. The gratification you get from it, it's amazing. So that's why it's one of the best things to do in life. You know, just give, 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 you know, and then you can never get enough. That's really beautiful. And I think beautiful. that's the whole point of like building the park. Yeah. And if you do it right, it will provide money for everybody, for yeah. the kids to have a badass ramp, for me to continue working hard on that. And then for any, any necessity we have. Dude, that is so beautiful. <laughs> what a great way. I mean, I, I was going to say, did I miss anything? I'm sure I missed things. Your career has been <laughs> full of everything. But like, this was really, really rad for me. I feel like that's that's such a rad thing to talk about and moment in time in, in life right now. I would say just one more message to people Please. just to be motivated, be focused, be driven and have faith. Because a lot of the time we... We just don't pursue our dreams just because we have lack of faith. And, and I think when you have that feeling in your, in your guts and you, it's in your mind, it's in your heart, there's no doubt that you should not pursue that with faith. You know, and sometimes we fail. Sometimes we don't have people around us. So surround yourself with faithful people. That's key. That's super important. And then that helps you see that vision and also increase the level of faith to the next level yeah wow nah, that's my best advice that damn it that's I'll good i'll take it every day dude that's yeah like everyday pill you have to take yeah know? yeah because we forget we forget we forget it's funny like on a selfish thing even with this podcast it's like now we have this conversation forever and i remember how yeah, this makes sick. me feel and like if i ever have that day where i don't feel as much faith i can go back and be like i remember how coco <laughs> make me feel you know this is fast forward to the end yeah, 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 yeah. Like, give me this chunk and we're good but it's really cool like i i i don't know like thank you for sharing that that's it's something that i think we can never hear enough of and i love that you totally have that yeah or brain or hard wires are so hard to remove and fix and I think the only way to rewire it is just adding this different uh, or better uh, habits, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think having faith constantly is just 
a matter of practicing it and just turn it into a habit. That is so beautiful. For sure. That is a great place <laughs> to leave it. Bro, thank you. This was You're so welcome, rad. Still we finally did it. I'm glad we connected. Yeah. I love it. It's been, it's been three, four, two, between two to four months. I don't even remember anymore. I don't care, dude. Wait. It was meant it was to worth be. It. The, the timing was now and it was meant to be. Thank you. 